aftermath of yesterday's street clash in Londonderry between Roman Catholic demonstrators and British troops. Thirteen persons were killed and 17 others wounded when the soldiers opened fire on the protesters after the troops had allegedly come under sniper fire. There was new violence and a general strike call today. Rioters took to the streets in the center of Belfast with fighting between Roman Catholics and troops in several sections of the city. In one district, school children were caught in an exchange of gunfire between troops and gunmen. Miraculously, none of the children were hurt as they dropped into gutters and crouched in doorways seeking cover. Major fires touched off by gasoline bombs roared out of control in Belfast. In some Roman Catholic neighborhoods, authorities said the situation had deteriorated into near anarchy. The civilians set up street barricades and set fire to automobiles. Thousands of workers stayed away from their jobs in the general strike. In London, on the floor of the House of Commons, fiery radical Bernadette Devlin, the representative from Londonderry, physically attacked British Home Secretary Reginald Malding after she was denied the right to speak on the Northern Ireland crisis. Miss Devlin punched and scratched the cabinet member and pulled his hair until she was dragged away by guards. Jack Lynch, the premier of the Irish Republic, recalled his government's ambassador to London, denounced the British shooting in Londonderry as unprovoked, and ordered a day of mourning in Ireland for the victims of yesterday's tragic encounter. President Nixon has renewed the fight to save his welfare reform program. Today he urged United States Senator Abraham Ribicoff to join in the effort to try to work out the strategy which would help assure Senate approval of the welfare reform program this year. The Connecticut Democrat, who had been a leading supporter of the welfare proposal and who's expected to lead the Senate floor fight for passage, dealt the administration plan a major setback last week when he said he wanted to test provisions of the plan that call for a $2,400 guaranteed annual minimum income for a family of four, as well as assistance to the working poor. Ribicoff's decision to back only a pilot program seriously diminished chances of Senate approval. The president, according to White House News Secretary Ron Ziegler, phoned Senator Ribicoff and asked that said that the White House was ready to seek a common ground and work out a strategy whereby the legislation can be moved out of the Senate Finance Committee. The Senate today refused to exclude, exclude some 10 million state and local government employees from federal protection against job discrimination. Senator Sam Irvin of North Carolina tried without success to remove state and local government workers from the proposed legislation. He claimed that to keep them under it would, in his words, make federal judges employment bureaus for the states. Arguing against Irvin, Senator Harrison Williams of New Jersey claimed that state and local governments still would be allowed to hire whomever they please as long as they do not discriminate. More news after these notes from our WR Community Calendar. On Saturday, February 5th, the Hearts and Flowers Dance will be held at the River Edge Hall, 974 River Road, Piscataway, New Jersey. Dance will be held for the benefit of the Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Africa, for tickets, call the convent at 210-463-1828. Dance starts at 8.30 p.m., and I believe that that's 201, not 210. Brandeis School at 25 Frost Lane in Lawrence, New York, will hold an art action at the school February 5th, 9 p.m. Admission is free. Roosevelt Raceway tonight. Daily double number one, off-track betting letter A, Jet Count. And number six, OTB letter F, Dominic's Pick. Feature one by number six, OTB letter F, Prince Butler. Stocks closed lower in fairly heavy trading today on the New York Exchange. The Dow Jones Industrials down 4.21. Utilities declined 0.45. Transportation issues unchanged. New York Stock Exchange market-wide indicator showed a loss of five cents on the price of an average share. 
On a volume of 18,250,000 shares, there were 786 advances, 625 declines. On the American Stock Exchange, the volume was 6,350,000 shares, 547 issues advanced, 417 declined, 257 issues unchanged. American Stock Exchange Index closed up 0.07. Weather forecast for New York City and vicinity, clear and cold tonight. Lows in the low 20s, tomorrow partly sunny, highs in the mid-30s. Fair tomorrow night, lows in the mid-20s. Increasing cloudiness on Wednesday, the highs 35 to 40. Current temperature 24 degrees, humidity 55%. Wind southwest at 7 miles an hour, they're gusting to 22. The barometer reads 30.17 inches and rising. These highlights in the news at this hour... Mayor Lindsay says he's pleased with his showing over the weekend in the Arizona Democratic presidential voting, but he'll reassess his candidacy if he doesn't do well in the Florida and Wisconsin primaries. New York City police identify four members of Black Liberation Army as the men being sought in connection with last week's murders of two policemen. Swift authorities issue arrest warrants for Arthur Clifford Irving and his wife in that controversy over the Howard Hughes book. That's the latest from the WR Newsroom. Lester Smith reporting. Hear news over WR New York, your station for news as it happens. Stay tuned now for Gene Shepard. Following this WR 710 editorial, a statement of this station's opinion from WR AM Vice President and General Manager Robert S. Smith. Do you work in a mousetrap? Fire department officials recently used that term to describe an office in a new Manhattan skyscraper. One person was killed and 13 others injured during a fire in that building. It's not the first time modern office towers have become death traps. Builders of the skyscrapers boast that they are fireproof. They are. But nevertheless, a woman died in Saul Hurok's office last week. Many of the materials used in modern buildings, as well as their furnishings, give off heavy, noxious smoke in fires. Windows in the buildings can't be opened. Smoke is carried all over the buildings through their ventilation systems. Next week... The City Council Building Committee will consider new fire safety regulations for mousetrap buildings. The regulations should be stiff and put into effect swiftly. This has been a WOR 710 editorial. I'm Robert S. Smith. WORAM will consider making time available to responsible spokesmen with opinions differing from this station's.
God, this show. After the music comes shushing. We will have nothing but quiet. We will have attention from everybody in the class here. And, uh, come here, my dear. You will sit on my knee and I will tell you a little story. Yeah, here's uh, the first note here in this week's Fat Chance Department. I have a note here for all of you college types out there. You'd like to know what's going on among your brothers out in the big, big ten? From Bloomington, Indiana. This is to be filed under the Oh Yes As You division of our research department. <coughs> Brack. Bloomington, Indiana, an annual survey of residence hall students at the Indiana University campus here today in Bloomington reported that ecology has replaced sex as the student's major interest. The survey is sent to the students each year by the IU Residence Hall Counseling and Activities Office. Yes. <laughs> Either that's a totally fat-headed survey or something's happened to all the glands in Indiana. My dear, let's speak of ecology tonight. And I'm not interested in all that other stuff tonight. It's all over, honey. I know that you have a full set of glands. I know that it is running season two. But my dear, have you heard of what they've done? To the Grand Gowanus Canal. Oh, look what they did to the East River and the Hudson, too. <clears throat> I just thought you... Not bad, isn't it? Yes, their ecology has replaced sex among the interests of the students. We have a letter here. I don't know how quite how to file this. My trivia here. Would you please prepare? I, I think a little of that narcissus would be good. Herbert, please. Uh, I just... Uh, my dear Mr. Shepard, my name is Ricky Fisher. My daddy is a minister. I'm in sixth grade. I have a real mean metal shop teacher. He goes crazy if you open your mouth. His name is Mr. Matucci. He listens to your show every night. Your show was recommended by Mr. Cyrus Moffat of Tom's River, New Jersey. Please read this letter over the radio. It would give me happiness and give Mr. Moffat a laugh. I know a 16-year-old kid that takes a girl named Jean out to the movies. Sincerely yours, Ricky Fisher, PK. P.S. PK means preacher's kid. How the hell am I going to file that? <laughs> I'm just, that's authentic. That goes into the fast file so they'll know what the devil it was like in this day and age. I'll tell you, it's getting out of hand. Uh, would you please, I have a classic here. You know, I keep finding it. For those of you who want to keep up with showbiz, fantastic ad from Plainfield, New Jersey, a show I missed. you want to hear a great show? Can you give me a echo chamber in there, Herb? I just want to try it. Hello? 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 That's good. That's good. It's groovy. Now, let's see. Do you have something real uh, heavy in there? Uh, let's see. You got my uh, spooky, scary music? No, no. No, no. Come on. That's scary enough. That's the Joe Franklin theme, boy. 
That'd scare them out of their bird. Think they're getting another shot of that. Well, uh, what, what do you got here? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a good one. Why don't you give us the... Uh, yeah, that'll scare them, too. Uh, why don't you? That's a... Yeah, WOR's bringing out a great new LP. Your favorite your favorite strike bulletins. All done by your favorite strike bulletin announcers. You know, Lester Smith, John Scott... Henry Gladstone all come out. <clears throat> the report came in today. It's a very exciting LP. It's uh, more of a tenor of our times. All right, would you please, anything you got in there, Herb, just to hit any button. That I, I don't care what comes up. No, that's good. Where's my nose flute? Oh, my God, I'm going to fall in with this crowd. All right. Have a little, have a little horn book. Sinus trouble. I pick up the old nose flute. Change the ashes there. Let's see. Uh, oh, not bad, was it? Yep, that stops them in their tracks. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, the, the great show that I missed. i really sorry about this one. This is, uh, it was a midnight horror show, and I missed it. Would you please give me a little... Uh... Did you ever read... Do you ever read the... When you pick up the... Uh, any paper... And, you know, there's always a slum part of the entertainment page. You know, up at the top it says, uh, Myra Hess in concert at Carnegie Hall. Saul Hurok is proud to pronounce. You know, that's that's the official department. And then way up at the top, you know, comes these simple, stark ads. And then, as you go further down, you suddenly see this little blurry one. Looks like it was made with a guy with gigantic thumbprints. And he was putting it together with claws. You know, he had talons. And that's the other end of the showbiz world. And uh, this is going into my vast file of truth. I'm sorry I missed this show. I'd love to have seen it. And for those of you who are students of Jersey folk ways, you'll be pleased to realize that Jersey culture moves on. It does not stand still. Absolutely not. For those of you who thought that the flagship was almost the essence of uh, Jersey aesthetic experience... I would like to point out that the leaning tower of pizza has at last been surpassed. Many who thought that uh, the little, those little concrete Mexicans in the yards over in the Hackensack said it all. 
but uh, no, there's been <laughs> there's been more. And uh, I'd like to show you what uh, many Jerseyites do on a big Saturday night, you know, when, when they're itching. They got the deep, deep, sweaty itches down around the, you know. Well, I'll tell you, when you get the, it's a fact, you know, you can't help it. We're all human beings, you know. You, a turtle's a turtle is a turtle. My God, no question. And uh, I'd like to, you know, we're all in it together, let's face it. We are but a, a machine. Well, let's face it, yeah, all, all those little pipes and stuff running around inside you. Yeah, there's little pipes and little valves. Did you ever stop to think about that? Your little compact machine, little valves and pipes. And, uh, yeah, little, all kinds of little things squirting and out in there, and little water and stuff dripping. And, uh, yeah, there's tubes. You know, you've seen the diagram of the human body, haven't you? It's exciting. I'll tell you, it'll turn you off. No wonder they're more interested in ecology. They probably study too much, you know. But uh, that's a fact. Uh, incidentally, uh, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, they had this page. We had a physiology class. You ever have physiology? Did you ever have that? That ain't the same as psychology. No, 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 no. No, it's a physiology. And uh, we, I, I was very excited when I first took that. I thought, you know, something good would happen in physiology class. Nothing. You know, they talked a lot about brushing teeth and all that stuff. It got pretty dull. After, it reminded me of my Aunt Clara, actually, all the stuff they talked about. However, uh, the uh, <laughs> in the physiology textbook, they had a picture of the human body. And it was like in a diagram. See, and it said nervous system. It was in blue. And it said, uh, it said circulation system. And that was in red, naturally. Because this was a dynamic physiology book. And then it had lymphatic system. It was in sort of like a like a goat vomit yellow, you know. And, uh, yeah, there it was, see, and I'm looking at lymphatic system. I never heard anybody talking about lymphatic system around the house, you know. You know um, my old man used to say things like, well, I feel it in my bones. It's a bad week. And uh, I don't know, he might have done that, see. And I also heard, I heard him say once in a while, well, he's got bad blood. He's got it in the blood, you know. But nobody ever says the trouble with Charlie, you see. It's in his lymphatic system. Yep, that's where the bad stuff comes. And so I, I'm looking at this picture all the time, and underneath it it says, The human body, when reduced to its chemical components, is worth $1.29. <laughs> well, it depends on how fat you are, I suppose. If you boil down some guys, you know, you can make them into... I know a couple of guys around here that would go at least... If you just fat alone is worth, let's say, $0.08 cents a pound, this guy go maybe seven, dollars $900, just like that, you know. And there's a lot of them. Don't worry. So I don't know what, uh, undoubtedly there has been uh, some form of, uh, no doubt, uh, some form of, uh, I suppose, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, everything's gone up. I presume that inflation has hit the human bodies. Anybody out there got a physiology book that says how much human bodies worth today? Yeah. How much is it? You don't know? I don't know either. I suppose, though, there's been all kinds of price hedging and underground stuff on that, yeah. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, no, it's just, people are just basically rotten underneath it all. Let's face it. I mean, I read the Sunday Times. Stanley Kubrick tells me so. You know, you've read that. Deep thinker, Kubrick. Very deep. My God, I'm impressed by deep thinkers. I'll never forget the time I met Kubrick. And I did, and he was very upset because I had, uh, I had said something bad about one of his movies on the air. And I wondered why he was so upset. And he said, because my mother heard you. That's right, he, he did. He says, my mother heard you, and she called me all the way out in California. I said, well, Stanley, if it's that way, I'll take it back. 
Uh, I did. This is WOR New York, friends. <laughs> As if you could guess anything else. <laughs> and we got a couple of commercials. Would you please give me that uh, Walden stuff there, please? Please sneak it in the background. Oh, my God. Here, not so much Walden. Easy, boy. Easy, boy. A golden sunlit dawn. A bright blue sky for clouds to float upon. Hills of flame and green. A silver river stream. The smell of grass still wet with dew. Heaven's gift to me and you as nature's poem of creation goes on. Hey, that ain't bad, is it? Well, they have a new album out. They, they set Walden, of all things. Walden by Thoreau in a kind of a rock scene. A musical interpretation of his writings. And this is a commercial for it. Walden is available at all King Carroll record shops at sale price of $2.98. And you can write King Carroll, that's spelled with all K's, King Carroll, 111 West 42nd Street, New York City. Free mailing everywhere in the U.S. and the check or money order for $2.98. And they'll slip it out to you real quick. Henry David Thoreau. Hello, Test. Henry Day, wait a minute. That's uh, I got better give you the price again. That's two ninety eight. Send a check for Walden, man. Henry would like to know he's only going for two ninety eight with a rock band behind him. Well, it's the way it goes when you sit there and look out at them palm trees too long. Lady wrote in and said the human body is now worth two ninety four. Well, that's better. Man is getting a little dignity. That dollar twenty nine was pretty chintzy, even for me at the time. I was only seven, and it was kind of discouraging to know that I had more in this small Pluto pup bank that I had. Hello, Test. Hello, hello. I had more in my Pluto pup bank at that time, at the age of seven, than my old man was worth at $1.29. I say the human body should have... That $2.94? That's at Corvettes, of course. That's not List, is it? No, nobody pays List. Did you ever know anybody that paid List price? Ever? Hey, wouldn't that be kind of great to meet a guy that paid that price? You know, every ad you see, it says, formerly, 1995, now going for 74 cents. You've seen that? It says, you know, it says, get in now. I'd like to see the poor clod that paid the 1994. Is there anybody out there that pays list? Out there? Anything? I'd just, I'd just like to talk to them. Anybody, give us a call. We'd like to talk to you. Find out how it feels. You know, to go in and pay list. And uh, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's, well, maybe basically there is something there about, uh, uh, I suppose you could say Protestant or possibly even Western man uh, conscience that makes you have to pay list. You know, you press it on this guy. You're in this cheesy little cut-rate drugstore. Have you have you ever gone to any of these real cut-rate drugstores up and down here in Times Square area? The real cheesy ones, you know, where they have unmarked bootleg under-the-counter aspirin. You know, and you don't know. Yeah, and they, they've got unmarked bottles, and they just give it to you, seen it. And there's thumbprints. Looks like gorillas have packed it or something. There's thumbprints all over it, dirt on the top of the thing, and uh, you know, yeah, real crummy-looking bottles. And, and people are out there, you know, popping mainlining underground aspirins that come. <laughs> and yeah, there's, there's there's a proliferation of that kind of stuff in New York. And we're just getting a call from a lady who does pay list for everything. She's calling up. Her head's been asleep for years. Would you? Uh, no, no, I just want to want to find out if there's... I, do, I have no desire to talk to anybody that does that. Good God, I don't want... That's catching, they tell me. They tell me that dumbness is catching over the phone in every place. You just walk past a guy that's dumb. You'll have a, we have a commercial here, friends. Let's see. Yeah, how about the birds? 
We'll do the bird commercial. Give me that, uh, hit that uh, whistle thing. That's a good bird commercial. Yes. We have here available, once again, a fantastic plastic bird. <laughs> My God, all these years in this business, now I'm reduced to selling plastic birds with a 16-inch wingspan. Bring it up. Yes, friends, if you've always envied your neighbors who stand out there in the yard and fly their plastic birds, now's your chance to... On a wingspan, 16-inch orange, yellow, and brown feather pattern bird. And you just crank it up there. It's got a little thing there in the bottom. You know, in the back end where birds lay eggs, it's got a little, instead of, you know, the usual stuff that's back there, it's got a little crank. And you crank this little bippy up, and she just takes off and will fly, oh, you know, just like a bird. Up around a garage, and guys will run out of their house and shoot at it with shotguns. That's it. Gee. <laughs> If everybody thinks you're a stodgy old foof, you know, because you're still playing with your old yo-yo, you get one of these new, with it, now, 1972 plastic birds. Mm, yeah, guaranteed to fly, which is a hell of a lot more than your Uncle Carl is guaranteed to fly. Send $3.98 for this beautiful plastic bird. It's from France, and it took the guy three years to design it to look like Da Vinci's design. You know, isn't that the story of our world? Da Vinci takes 450 years to paint the Sistine Chapel. So some guy in France spends three years designing a plastic bird that looks like a Leonardo da Vinci bird. Bring it up. Or was that Michelangelo that painted that? I don't know, you know. They're all doing that stuff. Okay, $3.98 for this beautiful bird. And it is fun. You just send your check, our money order, to Flying Birds. And you know how to spell Flying Birds, of course. Department S. S is an S. You know, you spell it S. P.O. Box 1909. Yes, sir. Grand Central Station, New York, New York. 10017. Plastic bird time. Now we go from plastic birds to higher education. We have another. <laughs> oh, my George, my George. Good Lord, where is it ever going to end? Hey, I don't have my uh, New York technology thing. Is it on a cartridge there? Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Boy, I'm really loaded with stuff here tonight. If you knew that going to college would change your life, wouldn't it be worth a couple of evenings each week? Let me tell you, friend, I shouldn't do this. But I have known guys who never recovered from going to college. Oh, yeah. And in uh, and, and good ways and bad ways, I'll tell you, I, I, I know a guy that spent one semester in a school. I, I'm, and this is not New York Tech, what has happened. I have just, uh, let's say a nameless school. Let's think of a silly name for a school. Uh, I mean, you know, the name couldn't exist. Uh, let's say uh, um, Kenyon College. No name could have that. That's a silly name, all right? So such a name as that? No, I didn't think so. Well, this guy went to, let us say, a school hypothetically named Kenyon College, one semester. And he met this harpy who was uh, taking uh, Biology One with him. And three weeks later, they got into a fantastic scene. He married this chick. It was all because of college. Had he gone to Wabash, it wouldn't have happened. Or had he just gone out and taken roller skating lessons, he wouldn't have met her. But he met this chick, and I want to tell you, she made mincemeat out of him. For over nine years, this guy had her on his back. Now he's paying alimony. She's living in Jamaica with a 
and he's supporting the whole scene. And it was all because he went to college. Would you like to have an exciting scene like this happen to you, friends? If you know that going to college would change your life, wouldn't it be worth a few evenings each week? New York Institute of Technology offers more than 150 credit and non-credit courses in many fields. They even have a course there in advanced lunchmanship. For those of you who want to know how to really pull the flim-flam in these eastern joints over here, you can begin or continue working towards a degree. This is New York Institute of Technology. They have two class, uh, two big setups there. One is out in Long Island, big campus there. It's beautiful, and uh, you can register at each. And it has to be between now and the 2nd of February. Isn't this the 2nd of February? Pretty close, though. Yeah, it's getting there. So if you've been uh, sitting around in your duff there, you know, and it's, the time is, is coming up again. In Old Westbury, the uh, out on, it's off Route 25A, New York Tech, is a beautiful campus there. You can come directly to Shore Hall. They're absolutely positive there. In New York, it's 888 7th Avenue at 56th Street. To call for further information, the numbers are in Old Westbury, area 516, I repeat, area 516, Main 63340. That's MA 63340. And in Jersey, call us number in 20 minutes. If No, that's another commercial. I'm sorry. Uh, hello. I just received a message here. It's, uh, I see. Uh, the composition of the human body. We just received it from one of our more scientific listeners. Oxygen, 55%. Carbon, 18%. 83% CO2 or hot air, which is what it's known in the lab among the boys that really know them things about Bunsen burners, all that stuff. Hey, you know, speaking of, uh, of uh, science here, let's see, we've got all of them down. We've got birds. King Carroll, New York Institute. How about the final one here? Hit the button there, the money button, please. The greatest winter vacation value oh, ever. Enjoy fabulous Miami Beach and the Gulf Coast. Round trip, oh, non-stop jet from New York to Miami. Two great meals each day. And a room at a luxurious like two guys I hotel saw for seven days and nights for only $179. This dream vacation can Come save on, you friend. hundreds of dollars. There's nothing more to spend. Now, Your Grand Way vacation flight leaves New York oh, every Friday. Call yeah. now for reservations in New York, 832-1958. Call Grand Way Tours. 832-1958 and come on down to Florida. <clears throat> yeah, that was good. Hey, uh, have you heard of the uh, this Tokyo travel agency that's uh, started the new pornographic tours of Europe? You can you can take a porny tour. Now, you know, I mean it's all it's all in the interest of education science you can study things. The public has a right to know. Oh, you are uh, speaking of the uh, public and it has a right to know. I have a, an important thing here. Is there anybody out there? This is a, a attention. Attention, please. Attention, please. This is important. Attention. Uh, for all of you. Please, give me that. Attention. attention. Hello. 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 What to have? Boy, that's exciting. It really is. I think everybody should have an echo chamber at home. I think how, what you, what, Think what drama you could add to your fights at home with people. When you're having a big argument with somebody at home, you know, and uh, you're sitting at the table, and uh, you're arguing with your brother, Aki, you know, and, uh, you know, Aki's, you know, the usual griping, fetching along, and all of a sudden you just reach down and you hit your echo chamber button. Shut up, you shit! Bam. Poor Aki. Chris. He's got the answer, though. He's got that 25 caliber Smith & Wesson. That takes care of your echo chamber the whole bit down the drain. But nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless oh, it's a sick scene. 
Now, never, yeah, well, he's not a bad shot either, but, you know, uh, all kidding aside, well, he studied, you know, you can take shooting 25 caliber Smith and Wessons by mail now. Hello, anybody in there? Nobody there, okay. But uh, this is an important announcement. There's a sign that says no ad libbing. What is this? Well, of course, that's not it. This is all script. I'll take care of Brown. This is all script, George. Absolutely everybody. Scripted here. No ad living. However, uh, <clears throat> wait a minute, I don't want that one. Mm. No, 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 I don't want that one either. Oh, boy. Hey, did you hear the scene that happened in Toronto? <laughs> Listen to this one. I kind of like this. This is the kind of thing that, uh, what's the matter, honey? Is it the rattling papers that bother you? Wait, now wait. We're getting editorial comment from our own producer. You don't want to hear that uh, that pun? Uh, she's going to get her own show one day, and that's going to be a good one, I'll bet. It better be a good one. After all your griping in there. All right, she just held Boo Toronto. Well, listen, you didn't realize how many excitements go on in Toronto every five minutes. Listen to this one. Toronto, four youths pried open a sealed home freezer they had been told never to touch and find this, and found the suntan body of a Toronto woman under trays of turkey pies, TV dinners, and vegetables last night. They opened the freezer, which sat near the dining room table, after their curiosity was aroused while watching a television horror movie that showed the discovery of a woman's body in a trunk. Thank you. Just getting warmed up. <laughs> hey, all kidding aside, though, this is a very important news note which I am about to bring up. <clears throat> there. Very important. <laughs> very important. I'm just clearing my throat. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of uh, important news notes, and I like to see, man, uh, one thing about Western civilization, it really marches on, it never stays still. Western man never squats in the sun on a bed of nails and looks up at the sun, hoping for Ramakrishna to point the great finger of knowledge into his head. He just keeps plodding on. Well, no, I, I think that's kind of cruel. He never, never stops. I would like to salute uh, English culture. We all know that the English are very cultured, right? Right. Right. Uh, here, note from London. Jeff Davis, uh, an Irish entrepreneur, has come up with a plan to help bald-headed men turn their natural assets into hard cash by renting out the top of their heads as advertising space. Davis, 27, of Cresswell, Derbyshire, proposes to recruit a large squad of baldies. Men would be willing to be seen in public with advertisements, paid ads in many colors, stuck to their heads. He placed an, <laughs> he placed an advertisement in his local newspaper saying, Baldies, bald men... Use your heads to advertise and earn money in a new, fascinating, fun way. He says, you know, it's amazing. He says, I've had a tremendous amount of people write to me, and I've got a great core already lined up. He says, I reckon there's at least 40 square inches of advertising space on the average bald head. Multiply that by all the bald-headed men in the country, and that amounts to a hell of a lot of unused advertising space. Yes, that's true. A spokesman for a northern advertising agency said, this is an elegant idea that could work and pay dividends. 
I'm doubtful if you could find that too many men willing to take part, but those who are willing to take part would undoubtedly do so with a will. Yes, sir. And so now, <laughs> what, what kind of ad would you like on the top of your dome? Would you like, you know, the big one? Does she or doesn't she? You know, one of those things. Clairol. Something really good, you know, a little style. Uh, you know. Of course, in, in England, I must add that they advertise a lot of stuff we don't advertise here. Mm-hmm. Indeedy. Even in the even in the subways. With pictures, diagrams. In fact, I turned out a TV set one day over there in England. And, yeah, I'm sitting in this house, and I turned out a set. And, yeah, I expected a little culture, you know, a little Antigone or something like that. Yeah, everybody tells me how cultured the English are. And I turned it on, and the color set came on. And I want to tell you, I've seen some Danish movies. And, uh, you know, these uh, <laughs> Danish movies, the kind of stuff you could show to the Girl Scout and the Brownies compared to what was coming out of that TV set. It was great. I turned that thing on. I looked around. I figured any minute I was going to get busted, you know, watching the TV set. And it was uh, at the end of it. Uh, it was in color, diagrams, you know, that great music. That little Mozart behind it. That's the thing you got to do. When you're going to deal with man's baser motives, you know, way down there where the glands are, and a little style to it. And you'll get by with it any time. You don't come up with, you know, tom tom dum da da dum da da dum You know, and tonight it's the sex education hour. Boom, da da dum da da dum da da dum You know, and the chicks yelling on it. You have to come out with something elegant, like something like this. And now, Lady Jeffrey Horn, Wigglesby III, brings you sexual education and erotica in the 20th century. After that, you can put anything you want on the screen. Three colors, three dimensional, comes right out and grabs you. And our third program, we thank you. That was good. See, it's just all style, friends. The difference between getting hit in the mouth and getting applauded by the Emmy committee is just style, not content. At no point. Oh, yes, I forgot. Uh, we have an important announcement. Now, now, I want you to listen for a minute. And this is, you, here is your chance to appear in, our, in, our, in, our, our, in an artistic endeavor. All right, there is it. See, this is a script, George. I'm going to have you give me a script. All right, here's what I want you to do. Now, listen carefully. No, seriously, I want you to listen now. Is there anybody out there who's a math major and admits it? A math major. Now, listen carefully what I want you to do. It's got to be somebody who really knows math. Now, come on, quit pulling around. Listen carefully. A math major. Now, here's what I want you to create for me. I want you to create an equation. Now, preferably a differential equation. You know, dx is to dy. I want, now, wait a minute. I want to have plenty of square roots, plenty of cubes, plenty of reciprocals in it. I want, uh, I want the, you know, j minus zero the, uh, the the quantity squared over the reciprocal of dx over dy. I want a big, fat equation. I want an equation that looks so mean that it makes your head sweat just to look at it, you know? I want a thick one. I want one that has all, is furry with little twos and d's, y's. Now, I want it to be worked, though. Now, I'm not kidding. Here's what I want. I want an equation that contains a minimum of three unknowns. X, no, wait a minute, let's, no, no, all right, all right, let's put it on this basis. It contains three symbolic unknowns, X, Y, and C. C is in Charlie, 
okay? X is an X-ray, Y as in Yokohama, C as in Charlie. Now listen to the to the come on, Nick, if you know how to do this, I want you to listen. I want you to produce an equation in which when you look at the equation, the entire equation equals zero. You got that? And in which in which equation C, when it's finally worked out, has the value of three. Okay? I want this to be a real mean equation. In other words, I'm giving you the answer to an equation, and I want you to create an equation from that in which the unknown character is C. However, when it's worked, it works out to be 3. The C is 3. Now, when the equation is, 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 is sitting there in its quiescent form, uh, on the left side of the equation, in other words, on the left side of the equal, the equal mark, uh, this gigantic, horrendous cacophony of numbers, figures, X's, Y's, brackets, umlauts, uh, you can even throw those. I would like to see, you know, one of these, <laughs> you know, all, all known mean-looking mathematical symbols. A few DX's as to DY's, a, little, a few little deltas thrown in there. Uh, maybe even a J figure or two. That's always good. Or if, you, if you're not in the electrical business, an I figure, which is the reciprocal of minus one. How do you know? Uh, the shepherd's pulling his rank here on you. Okay? Now, I want this equation. Now, all kidding aside, I want this equation on the left side. I want this gigantic equation that looks like it's about nine yards long in which one of the unknowns is C. Right? And then the equation equals zero. I want it to be a very mean equation. Now, uh, it has to come out C is equal to three, and it has to be workable. I mean, workable only at great, fantastic effort. And it comes out to be three. Now, the re now I want this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and, and I will award, I will award to the guy, and I'm gonna give you something, to, I'm gonna lay something on you here. For the guy that uh, that gives me the greatest, most uh, scary-looking uh, and the most rotten-looking equation, it's the kind of equation you know when you're taking a final and you turn the page over and you come to the third question, you know it's over. I mean, you can see your ship sinking in the west. You can see the flames roaring through the engine room, and the people are screaming into them tubes, quick, give us more steam, and you're heading for the bottom, right? It's only the life raft from here on in. All right? Well, all right. Now, I will award to whoever comes up with that fantastic equation. I'm not kidding you. And I will announce the guy in the air that whoever comes up with the greatest equation before this Friday, you've got to get it in the mail on a postcard. Send it to me here. And uh, whoever gets that equation in here and is the greatest fantastic equation, the scariest one, and don't think you're going to fake it out. I'll work the damned equation, kid. So I'll <laughs> no, no fooling around. So you don't, don't just hook up an equation. I'll, it's got to work out to three. C is equal to three. You send that off me, and whoever comes up with the greatest one, I'll send him a copy of my new record, which is uh, the declassified Gene Shepard. It's a mercury disc, and it's in stereo. You can hear the two sides. It's, a, it's purely a schizoid record. Yeah, it is. One, and one speaker has the voice of the devil, and the other speaker has the voice of me battling it out. We wrestle right out there on the floor. It's terrible. 
Now, whoever comes up with the best one, you just send it on a postcard, and uh, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, who do you address it to? Don't look. Who do you think? Who do you think I am? You just send it to me, right? M-E, W-O-R, New York, New York, and I'll take it from there. Wait a minute, we're getting a report here from the math department. Uh, yes, madam. Yes, of course, of course. Even the dumbest dildoc listening knows to put his name and address on there. Well, that's true. Uh, that's his presupposing uh, human intelligence, of course. That's a brash assumption. However, <laughs> especially in the case of mathematicians, who come up with an unbelievable formula, and then they don't even know how to spell their name. You know, uh, they can't even remember their phone number. I've known guys like that. Listen, I'll tell you. I, I, uh, I'll never forget uh, talking about great math moments, moments of math. Have you ever had the aha experience? You know what is it, the aha experience? It's not, it's a psychological thing. They, psychologists are very familiar with this, the aha experience. In other words, the moment of sudden enlightenment. Aha, yeah. Well, I, I remember one of the most exciting moments I ever had in school was, it was as a result of an aha experience. I was deep in total depression. I mean, I was I was in a class that uh, have you ever have you ever taken a class in identities? Oh, that confused you, didn't it? Uh, this is a form of solid geometry that uh, that deals with it with a form of uh, calculus, and they had a one section was called identities, and um, I mean, uh, you know, it was really bad news. My head had turned to like spinach. And uh, I could feel it. My feet were asleep and everything in that class. And everybody else seemed so smart. How many times have you ever taken a class when you have the illusion that at least a third of it have taken it at least twice before? And they know everything. You know, I remember the time I took typing. I was, you'd think you'd, you know, you'd get away from that kind of stuff and typing. I took, I took typing in school, personal typing. Well, I walked into this class. The first day I took typing. And we sat down. They had these L.C. Smith typewriters. And we didn't have any typewriter at home, you know. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, actually what we had was one of these yellow Ticonderoga pencils. It was number two. And it had, you know, had claw marks all over it when my old man tried to write something once in a while and my mother chewed on the top of it. And that was all we ever wrote with, see. So, uh, yeah, you know, so I, I decided I was going to take typing. And, you know, you, you, you do. You, you get involved in the machine world. And so... I uh, I signed up for it, and I figured it's kind of great to know how to type. But I never realized that I was about to be humiliated to, to one of the worst things. I walked into the class, and I sat down, and here they had this great typewriter, L.C. Smith. Have such a typewriter? Is there a typewriter named L.C. Smith? Anybody? Uh, here's a bit of trivia. Does anybody know who L.C. Smith's first name is? I'll award a brass figure game be out there. I do. L.C. Smith. Do you know what his middle name is? There was an L.C. Smith, you know. It was a Fred W. Buick, too. That's what they named the Buick after. Didn't know that, did you? A lot of you don't know. There was a Sears, you know, and Mr. Roebuck, too. Didn't get along. Bad guys. They sold dollar watches, Sears and Roebuck. Hello, we're getting a call from L.C. himself. But I was sitting at this desk, you know, with this typewriter. And this lady right away says, and now, here, here you, will, you will notice, she says that the typewriters have no numbers on them. They're, no, they were... Ones without letters on them. You ever had seen those typewriters you learn on? They don't have L's and Y's and D's. They were blank. I looked down, and here was a blank typewriter. Well, have you ever seen a science fiction movie when, when guys are reading books, 
and there's no print in them. You ever seen this? This horror? Yeah. Have you ever seen those terrible moments when when uh, you know who does this kind of stuff is uh, the Swedish director Bergman. He always says people, you know, horror things. When all of a sudden you look at a man, he's got no face, his eyeballs are gone. You know that kind of stuff. Well, I looked at the damn typewriter. Nothing. Just keys. Oh, I knew that you know keys are supposed to have D's and Y's on it. And there was a brief moment of panic. And uh, you know, I figured I could. Uh, I figured between the eye and the ear, I could fake typing pretty quick. I look at D and I'm hitting a D. See, but there's no way to fake it. So with that, uh, Miss Schiff, her name was Miss uh, Helen Schiff. She says, "Now we will now place our fingers in the following way on the keyboard." She says, "And now all of you in your right hand, hit the key with your index finger." So I go clunk. My first instant, it's all jammed up. Everything flies up in the back. You know, the platen flies out. And I, ooh, my fingers stuck in there. Every kid around me goes, they go like that. And I, they're, they, they're typing already. They go, <laughs> 12 minutes later, there wasn't a kid in the class who was typing under 60 words a minute. And I couldn't figure out whether they all took it or whether I was once again uh, faced with the fact that I'm basically backwards. I couldn't get my finger out of the damn thing for three, three or four classes. And, uh, well, so, you know, it's, it's always a problem. So, however, I did have one great moment, though, in this, in this math class. Don't ask me how I got involved in identities, how I even got that far. Well, that's beyond the scope of this lecture. But uh, I'm sitting in this math class, totally beyond me, when all of a sudden I'm looking up at the board. I couldn't help it. Uh, I'm looking up at the board. There was a fantastic moment of total clarity. made sense to me. Would you believe it? It all made sense and was unbelievably simple. It was the aha experience. Just suddenly, out of the blue, Shepard knew all about math for 12 seconds. Then I forgot it again. I caught it that one second. I knew. <laughs> oh, man. This is a silly show, isn't it? You got it. Sad. Silly. Well, I got a little unnerved, you know, when I discovered that the kids at Indiana University now are more e more interested in ecology than sex. That kind of threw me right there. You know, that, uh, right from the start there, that guy opened up, opening up the freezer and found the lady there under the TV dinners and the frozen turkey. That kind of got me there. So, you know, it's not easy. I, you know, it's, uh, you just have to, have to fool around and hope that uh, everything will work out. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, well, this is Howard Hughes here. And uh, we've been having a good time here. Bring it up there, big. Yeah. Uh, just excuse me, man. Wait. <clears throat> yeah, it's still working. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I... Uh, no, I don't want to mention that. You've heard about the, the great goat frog in Venezuela, didn't you? You mean you haven't heard of the goat fraud in Venezuela? Oh, boy. I won't mention it to you. I was sad. Yeah, well. Oh, by the way, speaking of Chinese. No, no, we better bring that up here. <laughs> hmm. So that concludes tonight's salute to David Frost. Other great thinkers of our time. Once again, man marches forward, ever forward, hoping for the best. Uh, yes, sir, I'm 
bald headed guys. I think you see this baldy walking down the street with a commercial for Rover motor cars in the back of his knob. Yeah, this is WOR New 